I am Zen, and this is the Meet Us in Paris podcast, a podcast about all things travel, be it destinations, food, having an amazing time, or what to pack for your next trip. With me today, yet so far apart again because of the stay-at-home orders, is Kristen. Hello. I'm actually like around the corner from you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we live close to each other. <laughs> and Emily. Hello. I'm a little further away. <laughs> and last but not least, Lee. Hi, I'm just pretending I'm somewhere fun. Okay. <laughs> nice. Fair enough. <laughs> That's awesome. So if you are like many of us travelers, you may be getting a little stir crazy staying at home. And when I say stir crazy, I mean crazy. Last week, we talked about some of the things that you travelers are doing at home to break some of the sameness. And we're talking about people are rock climbing, skiing, recreating travel photo shoots at home. And a few of, the, a few of you even cleaned your house. Mm. Good job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all this got us wondering, if you guys are doing crazy stuff like this at home, what are you going to do when the governments around the world release the bulls or let the dogs out? Rather? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this became a thinking exercise where we decided to explore the crazy travel things that one can do. And we thought it'd be fun to share it with you after the sponsor break. That is. They're called goals for a reason. There's something to strive for. They require attention and they need sweat and hard work to achieve. Do you have a career goal? At UCI Division of Continuing Education, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals and we can help you reach yours too. Start today at ce.uci.edu. That's ce.uci.edu. Okay. I'll start off. I've got a pretty crazy one. It's airplane wing walking. Um, I personally don't think I would ever do this, but just like the fact that this exists is crazy. Um, But especially if you're afraid of heights, maybe not do this, but if you're trying to get over your fear of heights, maybe do do this. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I don't know. I think there's some less extreme ways to start, but I yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so it's this. Um, I can't remember if it's this plane company or what, but it's in Essex, um, UK, and you literally pay to walk on the wing of a plane. Um, it's like the plane's just sitting there, and you oh walk my gosh, on it. you you fly. The plane is flying. It's one of those biplanes, wow. right? Yeah. Like in the movies. Yeah. Like, not like a big plane that you would fly, like, 100 people. Well, not Like a commercial know, plane. Not a commercial plane, <laughs> but, like, an actual, it's, what's it called? It's a... It's like a bi-wing propeller Yeah, it's a, bi, it's a biplane. You're right. Totally right, Zen. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter yeah. what kind of plane it is. There's no way I yeah. can <laughs> Like, I paid for the seat. My ass was in the seat. I'd walk. There is no both and on this. Yeah. <laughs> this, um, is, this is a good idea. How, how can you, li- literally, how can you do that without falling off as the plane is going, there is wind like flying at you? I will get to that question answer in like a two seconds when I, I mean, figure it out you know? too, because I'm kind of <clears throat> concerned about that as well. If I were to ever try it, which is very low likelihood that I would. Um, but basically, oh, but some likelihood. I mean, Depending oh. on, you know, what's going on. Right. Sure. But, okay, so let's start with 
how much it costs. So at least with this company, which is Aero Super Batics, I guess, um, it's cost 399 pounds. And there's, I guess, three experiences that you can choose. Um, geez, they have different things. Okay. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's not really just the one way to fun. walk That's on it. Like $500. Yeah. Huh. Crazy. But okay. It'd be a little bit more. Your life would be worth I don't care if you're paying me that money. I'm yeah. still not. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so it says gaining momentum at speeds of 150 miles per hour, you will experience the positive G force of three times your body weight. When Ugh. you've reached 1,200 feet and at the top of the loop experience, you will feel completely weightless before <gasps> heading down to the bottom of the loop completion. I don't hmm. even understand what. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well, there's God. Some point. In the physics of it that allow you to just go walk. Yeah, I guess I guess so. And it's like they advertise it like this is an amazing, unforgettable experience that like you have to have. Of course, Um, it's a 1940s biplane, and you literally just walk on it because I guess yeah, it's at some point you're guided by a professional team. Um, okay, not <laughs> What qualifies you to be a professional at this? It's like, do they have a degree? Maybe you know? like, <laughs> like stunt doubles or something. I have survived it five times <laughs> once, actually. Just tried it once, and that's how they walk you through it. Um, no, I don't think that's true, but that would be crazy. Um, but yeah, I guess it just turn it loops. Um, and so when you loop, that's like, I don't know how they get you out from inside the plane to onto the wing. I'm still very confused about that part. Um, and, sorry, did it say how high up you are? Like, can people below see you doing that? <clears throat> I think it says, because one experience is 1,200 feet, and this experience that I'm reading wow. right now is 600 feet. Got it. Okay, so you're not even that high up, all things considered. Yeah. Well, so, that way, if you fall off, you, you, you don't have too far to fall <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the last thing they say before book now is, this is a performance you, your friends, and family will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's the Thank last you. thing you'll remember, though. Yeah, really. <laughs> last thing they'll see of you. <laughs> wow. The pictures oh, so I'm gonna go, I'll cool. go. Oh, Sorry. I'm going to go with something much, much more boring. <laughs> but um, hopefully uh, equally as interesting. So um, did you guys ever see the movie uh, Night in... What is it? Night at the Museum? Yes. Yeah. Ben Stiller. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> okay. Did you know that you can actually do stayovers in museums? I didn't What? They, yeah, they have sleepovers. So... Um, I, I always thought that was fascinating that you could do sleepovers and they have all sorts of different tours and um, you sleep over in it. Um, so I, I picked three and I'll go over them really, really quickly. But the first one is the American Museum of National Natural History, where they actually had Night at the Museum filmed in. Or in at New least York? it was supposed to be there. Yeah, the one in New York. Oh. And so That's you can so actually cool. Yeah, you can sleep overnight there. And um, <clears throat> typically, however, you have to be 6 through 16 
Um, lots of them will require parents. I'm not sure if this one requires parents to hang out, but um, you get to hang out with the dinosaurs and go see all. They have a movie that they show at night, and then um, you just sleep overnight. And I actually saw the area where they're sleeping in, and they set up a bunch of cots, and there must have been like 50 cots in the middle of this, you know, like you know, like a three-story room where the roof is like three stories high and they're in the middle mm-hmm. of the exhibit. It's really cute. That's so that really looked cool. awesome. Um, the second one is the Monterey Bay Museum. I think we talked about that Ooh. with the Finding Dory. Yes. Oh, wait, not the Finding Dory. It's yeah, fi- yeah, yeah, Finding yeah, Dory. Yeah, Finding Nemo, yeah. Um, so Sigourney, and you can sleep <laughs> over there too. So they, all year long, because we're California, they have a year-round sleepover experience. And you can do, uh, and they call it sleepovers at the aquarium. How how clever! Um, and you get to be, you get snacks, and they give you breakfast. You have access to the whole museum. You also get a whole day pass the following morning, and special activities and a, a guided wildlife watching in the morning. So you might be able to see dolphins and such. And Very the last cool. one is the one I thought, Kristen, that you would be interested in. Hit me. Um, uh, but you're going to have to find some kidlets because it's, it's <laughs> two kidlets. You have to watch kidlets um, while you, so you can stay over with the kidlets. But it is the International Spy Museum. Yes! <gasps> it's so good. It's so fun. Yeah. Yes. So, so you, Kristen, can't can go borrow some kids. kids. Yeah. yeah, just find anything. <laughs> I've got one nephew, and then I'll take yours. Yeah, sure, <laughs> cool, perfect. And what done they, and done. They did <laughs> done and done. Yeah, done and done. um, you you can borrow her, borrow her, my daughter anytime. She'll Thank love you. it. Okay. So they they have top secret kid spy training, and they give you aliases and cover stories, and you have to check in That's at border so control, controls. Um, and then um, you you they give you. They teach you how to be a master of disguise. It's very strange to see a bunch of 12-year-old boys with mustaches. (laughs) (laughs) In my high school. (laughs) 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 But they were, were, uh, what, uh, 20-year-old, third-year sophomores? No. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, make and break codes. And they teach you how to interrogate spies. All that type wow. of stuff. Wow. And you can do this all at the International Spy Museum. Ooh. Not nearly as exciting as hanging out on an airplane wing, but I think it equally <laughs> as intriguing. It's very intriguing. intriguing. Yes. Yeah. These, these um, museums are really missing out on so much like of their target audience because I feel like there are so many adults who would live for this rather than just kids. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? One more. I think you can do this one as an adult. Is San Diego at their uh, safari park? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. So they have a safari park, and they actually have tents where you actually can stay overnight <gasps> in um, in the safari park and listen to all the animals in the morning when they wake up. You know if that's like year-round. <laughs> and I think it's supposed to be like tents. I, I've seen them tents, and then if you ever di- seen people go on the safari, they actually have these big open trucks where they actually drive into the fields, and then you can get pretty close up to the animals. So wow, I like that. Anyways, one. Anyways, there you go. That's mine. Nice. So fun. Oh. Next, who's up? <laughs> 
Okay, so while some of you are going up to the skies, I'm going down into the seas, and I mm-hmm. want to go to the Poseidon Undersea Resort, um, located off of Poseidon's mysterious island in Fiji. Um, it's, it, oh. I know. <laughs> I love it, because basically you're staying underwater. So they suggest oh. that you are providing, they provide all of the comforts and conveniences that you find in a five-star resort, but it's also for the elite traveler where they also offer a lounge theater area wow. physical amenity, fitness amenities even a golf course on the island tennis resorts splash pools etc um, it is quite lovely um, because within the experience they also have so the island itself is 225 acres about a mile long and it's surrounded by a private lagoon um, waters that go as you know deep as 90 feet so you can do a little bit of diving and stuff um, but they also have these submersibles and you can stay like imagine staying in your own like aquarium but it's just you um, so it is I mean it's absolutely amazing uh, it's also not cheap um, the yeah. undersea resort costs for a week on the on on the island costs a mere fifteen thousand dollars a person when you're chairing a room um, but wow. it's an adventure that you will never forget but that's the cheap so when you see swimming when you say swimming pools, are the swimming pools in the underground, <laughs> underwater? You just open the window and now it's your swimming pool. <laughs> part of their experience is on the island and part of it, like, so you have the island, but you're also, but you're staying under the water. Um, so you can, like, walk awesome. up, like, to land, essentially. Yeah. So you're staying underwater. Or do you, you have can, to like, take a submersible okay. to go down? Yeah, you yeah. do. I think, you know what? I don't know. And what's interesting is that um, it is, it it's pretty sweet. Now, it's been delayed a little bit. It was supposed to open in 2008. It opened a few years later, but they're already looking for their, their next place, Um and they're not the only ones out there. there. Apparently, there's also underwater resorts in Florida and Dubai. But this one seems like it's pretty dang sweet. You How know, I tried to open one there? up in Lake Erie, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> How, I've, I've heard about like underwater hotels, but like, how do you get into it without like letting all the water? <laughs> I don't understand how that works. There must be some kind of like airlock or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think what you're actually doing is kind of staying in a sub, like a quasi submarine um, or something okay. like that. They have a okay. YouTube, they have a YouTube video and yeah, the, apparently this is one of several resorts offered through the Poseidon undersea resort company. Um, but yeah, it is just, it's fascinating. Now that was my my cheaper of the two because I was originally looking into diving down to the, to see the Titanic as I was reading about like, oh my gosh, that looks good. But um, that started at $60,000. And wow. that was the cheaper option that they offered. And that was back in like, that was back in 2018. So maybe they're going to okay. have some you know, great post COVID-19 options, but <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to have to settle for Fiji in the meantime. Would you really <laughs> go down to like see the Titanic if you could? Oh yeah. I would like fascinated by that. It was like the prime target audience for when the movie came out, but like, the pressure, like, if anything happened to those windows, that's it. And, like, it's such a small area, and it takes so long to get down there, and it's so dark. 
Yeah. I feel like the darkness scares me. Like you, the you're, you're making it sound like an airplane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. yeah. See, the goal is to stay inside the submersible. You don't walk on the right. Outside. <laughs> yeah. You don't walk on the wing of the submersible. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, yeah, it's $60,000. I mean, I was just kind of blown away. But Whoa. you end up having your own personal concierge. It's a 13 13 day trip from St. John's, Newfoundland, um, down to the, the wreck. So, yeah. I'm like, my wow. goodness. Wow. Well, speaking of great movies from the 90s, <laughs> if anyone remembers the classic Twister. Um, you can go on storm chasing adventure tours in Ooh. Tornado Alley. Um, so apparently, I don't know where the hype and drama came from, but people got so into looking for tornadoes and storm chasing that they started making adventure tours out of them. Um, and that's something that would be more up my alley. I'd be down to do that. I feel a little bit more safe than going down to the Titanic regions. Um, and they have 2021 tours now on sale. So if you are looking to have something to look forward to post-quarantine, you can give this a shot. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Sounds I And, you know, super. being always like, I've lived on the East and West Coast, never been anywhere near a tornado. Um, and I know it's always that, uh, which is worse, an earthquake or a tornado. Um, but I'm very fascinated by them because they are so foreign to me. Never seen one. Must be you know, so- I, I lived in the Midwest and I caught one like pretty far away driving down the highway in Ohio one time. And it's like, oh, that's a tornado. And it's like, <laughs> I better keep going. You know, and but, you know, the we had tornado drills you know like how we have fire i mean i'm sorry earthquake drills in california yeah. Yeah. as a kid we had uh, f- uh tornado drills and essentially they're the same thing you get underneath the desk and pray so- yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but so. did your schools you must have had like the tornado like storm shelters no they're just called oh. tornado drills so essentially you, you really don't get under furniture, unlike um, an earthquake. What you do is um, everyone actually goes into the hallway of the structure of the school building because the hallways are the strongest structure because they're small boxes as opposed to a large box where more of the ceiling will cave in. Mm-hmm. And then everyone uh, essentially uh, kneels down, covers their head, and puts their head touching the wall on both sides of the hallways. And that's what you do. Well, so here's a fun, for those of you who, yeah, I actually lived in Tornado Alley, that's where I did grad school, Um, and being from the East Coast where we had no experience with tornadoes, I'm running a nine-story high-rise, and there was a tornado warning, and so, and I hadn't, I had just gotten to, this was Arkansas at the time, and so I've got, like, I've got about, let me see, there are about 900 people who lived in the hall, and so I'm like, I don't know what we're supposed to do, so we went down to the basement, except there was no, like, when I finally got the basement door open, there was no way I was going to fit 900 people. And then they're like, well, maybe we should go to the bathrooms because the bathrooms are in the center of the building. And then, I mean, fortunately, the hall was not ruined by a tornado. Long story short, the next day I asked my boss, I'm like, okay, yeah, so this tornado thing, um, what are we supposed to do? She's like, oh, yeah, good point. You've never done this. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
I mean, I had like 900 little ducklings following me down to something. It was, it was was hysterical if it wasn't, you know, a real like emergency. (laughs) Totally. Oh, I have a, okay. This is not a travel story, but it must be told. I have a friend who moved from Ohio to California and he had never experienced a earthquake in California. So in the middle of the night, like at 3 a.m., there was like an earthquake, you know, it was, you know, like the stuff that you guys, we wouldn't necessarily even notice. And he like wakes up. It's like, oh, my God, it's an earthquake. What do I do? What do I do? Runs outside. He's in an apartment complex. It's like, oh, what do I do? What do I Got to warn everyone. Got to warn everyone. And he starts screaming at the top of his lungs. Earthquake. Earthquake. Oh my God. Earthquake. And then someone opens up a window and says, it's not even a four. <laughs> go back to bed and slams the window and goes back to sleep <laughs> wow anyways he slunk back in so man I have a horrible story where I was a camp counselor and this was like the first time I was doing it and we were like in the cabins I was in the cabins with my girls and the fire alarm goes off and my first instinct was just gotta go outside and I ran outside and I'm the first one out there and then I'm like oh god I have cat like campers who are in there like (laughs) and I just like left in there like you know no problem so I had to run back in and get them (laughs) it's a hard transition (laughs) yes yeah I mean there wasn't even a fire or anything I don't think but um, I was only defending for myself up until then Okay, so. note to self, I'm not traveling with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just just be prepared to take care of your own. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Second round. Emily, you have anything uh, yeah. else? I do. Okay. So uh, this goes along with kind of like activities um, that are not on the wings of a plane. Um, but... <laughs> If you've ever heard of, I think, is it Levi or Levi? But in Finland, it's a town, a city. I'm not sure. But they have a lot of ice or snow activities. Um, and there's so many. I initially, well, I just found ice carting. But then as I've been searching, they have snowmobiling. Um, they have a husky safari, reindeer safari. <gasps> You can go snowshoeing. Oh, that sounds awesome. Wow. It's this town town full of all these activities that you could do to, like, heart's content. Uh, It just sounded amazing. Where is it? Is it, like, really North Finland? Levi. It's spelled like Levi is the jeans. (laughs) That's all I have to do. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. I'm like wondering Um, how remote the place is or if it's like super accessible. Finland, right? So, yeah, Finland. So it's no pretty north of Finland. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much all I can say because I don't know the geography. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely north Finland. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It says (laughs) largest ski resort in Finland. Oh, that would explain why there's so many activities that you can do. Got it. That's really cool, though. Uh, They also have Northern Lights tours. Yay! Uh, But what really got me was, like, the Husky and Reindeer Farm and Safaris, because that just sounds delightful. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, you could just admire the Siberian Huskies and just, you know, go on driving Husky sleds with them. Um 
and then oh, I, I have to meet a ranger so I can um, speak lines for it, like I'm in ah, prison. Yes. <laughs> you would. I, I totally would. You have to bring a guitar, not just speak the line. Exactly. <laughs> um, but the ice carding, I've never heard of ice carding. Um, so it's go karting, but um, on ice. So the tires are studded, I guess. So, like, instead of having chains on your tires, it's like actual tires made for this ice. Um, and it's just like go karting, but all over the ice and they have like a whole um you don't call it a, a track a whole track for ice carting that looks super cool just like wow white ice in the snow um yeah we actually used to have those ice because i lived in new hampshire and once the ponds froze people would take their cars out and they would put those types of tires on there and do that type of thing and it's just absolutely crazy and for those of you if you want to get your dog sled on a little bit in a warmer place um (laughs) fun fact is that there is a group called urban mushing um that meets in Costa Mesa at Fairview Park, and they used to bring their do- huskies, malamutes, and other dogs out and run them in these special, like um, almost like scooters slash um, wagons. And there was a woman there who actually trained a team for the Iditarod. So um, I haven't been there. Wow. I haven't seen the group in a couple of years. But uh, back when I lived in Costa Mesa, we used to go see the huskies there. So just a fun Actually, if you, um, this ice carting, mm-hmm. um, Finland's also known for something uh, called ice motorcycle racing, motorcycle ice racing. Oh, Have wow. you ever seen that before? Whoa. They, no. They, they kind of look like dirt bikes, but they're, I think they must be modified dirt bikes, but they actually have all the tires. They put studs, like metal one-inch studs sticking, mm-hmm. out, sticking out of the tires, and they race around on ice. And it's the craziest thing that you've ever seen is just throwing up all the snow and ice and stuff like that. And then whenever someone um, falls off a bike, hopefully they don't get run over with some guy with one inch spikes on his tires. (laughs) You know, so it's and usually one I forget, like they they actually will cut apart an old tire and wear one the tires on their legs so they don't get hurt. You know, like if they're run over like Mad Max style. So um it's it's the craziest thing if you just find like any YouTube seeing ice racing is just like that's a man's sport. <laughs> it's something I, I I mean you you need to you need to have like three man cards in order to be able to participate in that thing. Wow, so. and that one right after I'd like walk on a wing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that'll be the cool down. <laughs> well, I I am going to go with a, another experience in the area. Um, apparently in Finland, there's something called a, I'm going to butcher this, but the Kaksalaten Arctic <laughs> Resort in Finland. And the reason why I saw this, and once again, I'm, I've been picking the really boring stuff, is you can, A, live in an igloo. Okay. <gasps> yes, nice. I've seen so many pictures of you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you can live in an igloo. Um, if an igloo is a little bit too hardcore for you, they do have more typical log cabins. But what's more interesting than their just generic log cabins, which kind of look like, once again, uh, something out of Frozen, um, is they have log cabins. They look like traditional old log cabins. But imagine on one wall, they have a geodesic, geodesic, 
geodesic dome. You know, like the it's a a glass dome on the side mm-hmm. of the building, mm-hmm. and um, they. So you can when you walk into the glass dome, which I from what I can tell, they're about twenty feet wide by maybe about fifteen feet high. You can see the the northern lights. So cool. And in the geodesic, geod- I can't pronounce it. Anyways, they they have a uh, they put the beds there, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can have two twin beds or a king bed there, and you could just lay there falling asleep, looking at the northern lights. Apparently, that's so wow. Cool. Then, if that's not cool enough for you, they have igloos made out of glass. So you can actually Whoa. sleep in igloos made out of glass. They look like they're roughly twenty feet, same, but a full dome instead of like a half dome hanging off of a typical log cabinet cabin. And the whole building is made out of glass, and you can see all you can see is sky when you're walking around in this little uh, this little igloo made out of glass. And then, of course, if anywhere you lay down on the sofa or whatever, all you can see is the northern lights, if, you get, if you're lucky enough to have a northern light day. How close are you to another igloo? I'm sorry? How close are you to another igloo? You know, they, they look like, from what I saw, they look like they're about 40 feet apart or so, at okay. least. Because, and I mean, then, if it's clear, because everyone see inside to what yes, you are doing? Yes, that is true. <laughs> But there was two things was the um, since they, they actually have curtains up to about six feet high okay. on the glass. I guess you could push back the curtains and if you wanted, you can look outside. But you have curtains so people in the next uh, igloo can't see into yours. And then the other one was that the other point is I the photos I saw, it looked like there's already five feet of snow surrounding all the igloos. Oh, man. <laughs> so like when you're when you're looking out of these even if you pull back the curtains there's like five feet of snow onto the glass wow so, but it looks amazing it looks sure. amazing so and they they have bookings between uh if you want to watch aurora borealis from august through late april so hmm. give it a try who's up i think you're up lee you're back up again? I'm back up, and I'm getting out of the sea and into a cave. Because um, oh, one of the cool okay. things into a cave. Getting... <laughs> but I, I found this fascinating opportunity, and I thought it was just one place, but the, actually there's more than 10 different places in Turkey. Um, Cappadocia um, apparently is really well known. There's several different places where you can stay in cave suites. And this is by no means anything like you ever saw in the Flintstones. Like, literally, these are high-end <laughs> places where you've got these beautiful views of the mountains. Um, they've got all of the amenities that you want, but literally, you're staying in it in, in these hotels that are built in the mount, literally built inside the mountains, and have like raw walk wall, raw rock walls, um, <laughs> great restaurants and things like that. And then what they also kind of entice you to do is I'm going to take it one step further and take a hot air balloon through the mountains. Um, and so a n- number of them offer that as well. And it's just like this spectacular landscape. Um, but yeah, apparently Cappadocia in Turkey, they love their caves. 
Wow. I just yeah. learned about that place actually recently. And it's like really like ancient and historic. And it's kind of like the landscape is made like it's really futuristic looking. And they started like building into the caves mm-hmm. huh. forever ago. And it's like, yeah, total destination, like right in the middle of Turkey. I mean, some of the rooms huh. I looked at, I mean, you have like your own private balcony, even if you're, because you know, we're going to go all out, whoever I find offend my trip, where you can have like <laughs> your own private pool in your suite, like, you know, like a big, big old jacuzzi um, in your suite and things like that. I mean, it's just stunning in the light, and especially to look at it at night with the lights and things like that. It's, it's amazing. So that, that's yeah, where it I'm looks going. like it's something out of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked it up and it looks like something out of Star it's really Wars. Really crazy looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something where I'm between, going next. Like a, somewhere between a Star Wars, somewhere in Tatooine, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and um, La Sagrada. What's the church in Spain? Oh, La Sagrada Familia. The, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well done. So between the two. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Nice. So that's where I want to go. And of course, they've got wine caves as well. So I can get my wine. I can get my hot air balloon. I'm going to soak in my tub and and all of that fantastic stuff. That sounds amazing. (laughs) That's cool. Kristen, you're up. Yeah. So actually, back to the snow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry. Apparently, there's a thing called heliskiing. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Heard of this? Yeah. Um, I'm not really honestly much for snow sports anyways, <laughs> but um, for those of you who are, um, this is like a Canadian thing here. Sorry, I lost it, so I have to pull it up again. Um, you can ride a helicopter to the top of an uninhabitable mountain and risk avalanches to ski or snowboard your way down on virgin snow. So it's kind of like the ultimate skiing or snowboarding situation where it's like totally unfettered territory, fresh snow. And, you know, like if you were the first person to ever try skiing or snowboarding, that's like what you would have been dealing with. Ah, yes. So a mountain (laughs) with like, you know, no lanes or bunny slopes and not um, groomed for you. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, so when I fall and break my leg, I don't, you know, I just have to yell really, really loud. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So I bring like a whistle <laughs> with you or something. Um, but it sounds like for the skier or snowboarder who has done it all, this is your next, um, your next adventure. This is your Everest. Wow. Yes. Crazy. So that's a thing. <laughs> Does it? So wait, so they bring you to the top of an inhabitable mountain. So you're you're going down the snow. Does it does the trail eventually meet with like existing trails, or do they like you have to just continue going on, figure your way down? (laughs) I'm not sure. Oh look, there's a family heliskiing. In my head, it's like maybe you go as long as you want, and then they take you back down where you came from. Uh, But I don't actually know. Okay. This site is very um, robust. There's like a lot going on, and it doesn't really specify what happens at the end of your heliskiing adventure. But it looks like they have some sort of base camp with lodges and things like that, so... You won't be totally isolated and scary. Okay, that's that's yeah. nice to know. Yeah. So we had a lot going on in the snow. Okay. 
yeah, there's, um, I wish I can go to this. It's been so hot. I kind of miss the cold. I know. Me too. Okay. So we are getting to round three. Still pulling up some tabs so I can give you all the information, (laughs) but uh, we'll just start. Okay. So I originally was going to talk about, I I think it was called The Death Drop in Zambia. Um, And then rereading that, I got like the little silly feeling in my tummy reading Death Drop. So (laughs) I don't think I could talk about that. It's basically, I think it's just like you have this, it's like bungee jumping, but extreme bungee jumping in some way but we're gonna move past that and my last i guess travel adventure um what i want to share is harry potter themed because oh i love me some harry potter um so there is you know like the red train that takes the hogwarts express that takes them to hogwarts obviously there is a real life hogwarts express through the scottish countryside it doesn't take you to Hogwarts, Ooh. sadly. Um, Rude. But False it has that. Yeah. So, but you know how there's like, every time they're on the train, they have that camera shot of like the bridge, I guess, like the really tall yes. bridge. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah, yeah, go yeah. on that. I don't know if it's the exact bridge, but it looks pretty darn similar. And it's a red train. Um, and I think it's just like a day trip through the Scottish countryside. Um it's operated in case you want to go on it. Cause I know it's on my bucket list for when I go to <laughs> Scotland. Um, but it's operated by West coast railways. So um, it leaves from Fort William, which is about a two hour drive from Glasgow um, and runs to, I'm going to butcher this, but it looks like Malig in the highlands of Scotland. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, they even say you're not going to go to the wizarding school, but this it's a steam train. So it looks and feels like you are in the movie. Uh, so it's a relaxing experience. You just sit there and admire the green. It's not anything extreme like mine. Do they have like the, is it set up with like the little, you know, the room compartments and do they have the trolley that goes up and down selling the snacks? I'm trying to figure that out because that is like quintessential. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's Harry it's Potter. just a train ride otherwise. I know. <laughs> but I can't yeah. find any pictures of inside the train, which is mm. upsetting to me right now. Yeah. Give me a quick sec. What did I just say it was called? Uh the West <laughs> West something. West Coast. West train. I'm just gonna say West Train Ride images. Okay. Man. Okay, well, I guess we'll just have to find out because all of these images are just the exterior on the iconic bridge. Take that trip and let us know. I know. I'll let you guys know. Yeah, I was looking at it, and apparently it's not too expensive. It's $50 for an adult and $28 for a child. Yes. And I think the actual ride is called the Jacobite. Yes. A A C O B I T E. So, and it's it's a round trip, so it must be obviously doable in a day. I'm wondering how long that is. I'm not sure, but I feel like it's it's definitely doable if they're selling it as one trip. Yeah. Um, and then, so following up with that is another Harry Potter-esque thing. Um, and it is called, man, pa- I'm sorry for all my pauses. <laughs> it's me trying to scroll through everything. Okay. Um, 
Okay, so they're in London. There's a hotel called the Georgian House Hotel, and it, they make it. It's not like Harry Potter affiliated in any real way, but they have themed accommodations and they make it feel like you're in the dorms of Harry Potter or at Hogwarts, I mean. Um, So they have like all the velvet colorful plush um, couches and things like that. The four poster beds. Um, There's like little, just like little accents of magic all around. Um, But unfortunately they are closed right now because of what we're dealing with. But um, it's like very cute it's very like <laughs> home, like um bed and breakfasty with like the charm of harry potter so i would go here it's like a boutique hotel kind of oh yeah okay as a side note did you, you you're all harry potter fans right yes. yes do you guys recall the mandrake scene where they pull the mandrake out of the pot mm-hmm. yes and they all scream Mm-hmm. So my daughter is a huge Harry Potter fan, and her friend mailed this to her. It's I'm going to pull it out, and you can hear it. <laughs> it's it's a mandrake. It, it's a plastic pot with a uh-huh. uh, a plush mandrake in it, and every time you pull it out, it screams. How horribly annoying. <laughs> it is horrifying. Crazy. And she loves it. She thinks it's the coolest thing ever. Aww. And what a strange thing to make for a Harry Potter toy. But she yeah. really loves it. So. That's so funny. <laughs> That's cute, though. Is it... Sorry, I don't know if you said this, but is it like a plush? Or is it like yeah, a plush? Okay. It's, it's a 12-inch plush. Okay. And it's in an, it, maybe 15-inch plush, but it's in like an 8-inch uh, plastic pot. And you grab the mandrake by its by the top, and you pull it out, <laughs> and it screams until you put it back into the pot, and it stops screaming. Uh, Did they give awesome. you the headphones to wear too? I know. It out. Yeah, I mean, it's, you don't yeah, faint. The funny hair, the funny earmuffs. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I got moving on from Harry Potter to something. So I got another one that's kind of crazy. Um, it's called Drive a Tank. Nice. <laughs> so um, they, I think they, they did a very good uh, marketing because their website is called Drive a Tank. Nice. <laughs> they, they got it. Yeah. Get right to the point. Yeah, and it's what it is is a tank driving experience, and they have everything from they have like three, four different types of tanks that you can drive like Sherman tank or a couple other ones. And you get to run them around in the backwoods. You get to ride them around through the rivers and um, they're not, some of the experiences are pretty inexpensive. Um, You buy like a package, drive the tank. And then afterwards they have the machine guns where you can actually fire one of those like huge machine guns on a firing range. What? Uh, <clears throat> the full so, experience. The full experience. So they have packages. You want to drive one tank? Great. It's this price. If you want to <laughs> um, drive two tanks, uh, well, two tanks may cost you five hundred bucks. Uh, if you want, and and they give the history about them. Uh, they they talk about safety. They they teach you how to drive it, and then um, then if you pay even more, they allow you to do a car crush. <laughs> so what? they wow. actually drag cars out from you know the junkyard 
put them out into the yard, and then you can drive a tank over the cars and crush them to your heart's delight. Whoa. But, so that's that's 2500 bucks. What they don't say is they have a one more experience, which they don't have a price for. It is crush a trailer. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so they'll actually bring out a double wide or whatever they have and they'll park a trailer on their property and then you could drive your Sherman tank through <laughs> the trailer and just run it into the ground. And there's wow. a video of it, and it looks absolutely hysterical. Um, when you do the car crush, you can actually have people sitting on the outside of the truck, uh, of the tank. They got some kind of chair wow. mounted on the outside or something like that. So you drive nice. the tank, and you can sit on the outside as uh, your friend can sit on the outside as you're crushing. That's where wow. I want to be. I'll sit on the outside. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I think shooting machine guns sounds pretty interesting, too, you know? Sure, so. sure. Yeah. Okay, so drive a tank. You know, Google it just or just put driveatank.com and, and you're gonna find <laughs> this baby. <laughs> nice. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Someone. There's something for everyone. There is. There is. Now, I think for me, I, my it, my next adventure is going to be paragliding paragliding through the Swiss Alps and I found this place Ooh. where they actually give you different options in terms of you know a nice gentle glide through the Alps they also give you what they call the James Bond experience where you start off with a gondola <laughs> and then you get really up close to certain things. Um, waterfalls. I mean, there's so many different options. And they're actually not too, not too expensive um, because, I mean, of course, you've got to take a cable car up or some other thing. Um, and then you just kind of glide down and almost like a, a, a chair-like thing. And it's just quiet and, and peaceful. Um, so, I mean, and they're only a couple of hundred dollars. So, I mean, I mean, to me, I think, yeah, I think I could, I could handle that. Like, I mean, I'm, I don't have the guts to walk on the wings of a plane, but I could, I could glide quietly <laughs> through the Alps and yeah. take in the flights. Plus then I get to eat it's Swiss a- chocolate <laughs> afterwards. Yes. Is, this, is this a solo endeavor or do you do it with an instructor? You do it with, I think you do it with an instructor. It looks like you, um, you've got a, a buddy. I don't know if you're tandem or something. Yeah. Bunch of these, you jump buddy, them. Yeah. yeah, you got it. Yeah, um, and they're about like two hundred dollars. The most expensive one I saw was like three hundred. Um, oh. it, it was a pretty interesting thing. So, um, yeah. So I think I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go do that. Plus, like I said, love me some chocolate. Yeah, fondue. <laughs> exactly, fondue is Swiss too. So yummy, and there's so much Ovaltine there. I love it. What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice Switzerland. That. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when I went to Switzerland last summer, uh, my friend and I, we both love Ovaltine. Uh, I just like, it's not as popular here. So I just forget <gasps> how much I like it. Uh, and the specific brand is Ovaltine, I think. Um, it's orange. It's super bright if you find it in the grocery stores. But we went on a mission essentially and like found so many different types of like forms of Ovaltine because they had like the typical hot drink, like a hot chocolate, but they had, we found like croissants. We found like an energy bar. 
We found uh, a chocolate ice cream. There were so many different. Oh my god, it was amazing! But it was only in Switzerland. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it <was> so strange. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I know. Kristen, I think you're up. You got yeah, one last one. I got one last one. So. This one isn't technically anything crazy, but it's just the whole um, touring the Australian outback, which I think people forget how wild and dangerous that can be. It's pretty remote desert. Um, But I know that's like some people's thing, but there are a lot of tours that they do um, going through the Australian outback and doing like um, camping and traveling through the bush and things like that. And They do a lot of different planned routes, but then they're also kind of telling you, like, depending on what they encounter, they may need to change um, their course of action and things like that. Um, And that uh, this particular company that I'm looking at, they say that they'll get really close to nature. So the botanical, wildlife, historic, geographic, and photographic experiences um, that you can experience in the outback. So it takes you a little further than Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) (laughs) so i think that's pretty cool you know a lot of places like uh australia it's hard to get outside of probably like sydney and melbourne and like the surfing and stuff there but it's its own continent and it's got a lot of different of the arid climates and things like that and um i think that'd be really cool to to do but it's something that I'd probably definitely do with a tour because oh, I would yeah. have no idea what to do <laughs> on my own or how to make it. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Taking I think we've gotten location. a very wide variety of activities. Yeah. Neat. So if you had to get your crazy out, you get we, we've gone such we have such a wide variety. There's something there for everyone. Right, and depending on where you're located, at least one of these has got to be kind of local for you-ish. More accessible than some others. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, sounds like that's it for this week. So if you enjoyed our show, we'd love it if you'd give us five stars on iTunes or Google Play. Also, if you'd let your friends know, we'd really appreciate it. We'd love to have them be a part of our listener family. Sorry. <laughs> if, you want more, if you want more travel stuff, we've got your fix. So you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook where you can find photos of our adventures around the world, interesting articles, and links to some of this stuff and more. And last of all, before we leave, we want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, the University of California, Irvine. Division of Continuing Education, which offers only the best continuing professional education. If you need a career boost or are looking for a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu. Once again, ce.uci.edu. And thanks again for tur- turning in, turning in, tuning in. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> the stay at home has finally gone to me. <laughs> yeah.